Today's podcast is brought to you by Nebraska. We got Omaha or we got Lincoln. It's like choosing between getting poked in the right eye or getting poked in the left eye. Both are terrible, and you're mad at yourself for getting in this situation in the first place. Nebraska, unless you've got a corn fetish, just keep on moving. I had it up to here with the pro fear. Let's build a wall, steer clear of all the immigrants because they weren't born here. Ridiculous mentality, like we got some ability. Just because our mamas push us out in the proper city. Raise your hand if you plan where you were raised. Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. My name is Justin Cross, and today my guest, he is a Democrat running for the U.S. Senate in the great state of Nebraska. Uh, he has uh, run in the past both as a uh, as an independent, as a nonpartisan, as a Republican, and now as a Democrat. Dennis Frank Modchek, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. So, like I mentioned, Dennis, in, in the beginning here, I mean, you have run as a as an independent, as a nonpartisan, as a Republican, now as a Democrat. I got to ask, just just from the get go here, uh, which one's your favorite? Democrat. <laughs> yeah. What? Why? Why did you? I'm curious. Why did you run in the past as a nonpartisan and as a Republican just before before today? Well, I ran as a non. I ran as a nonpartisan primarily to promulgate to broadcast uh, the necessity for implementing measures to arrest global climate change. And in fact, when I was in, I was right here in Nebraska. It's called bipartisan. It's called um. Let's see. Nonpartisan. It's called nonpartisan. Okay. Not independent, but nonpartisan. So I stood as a nonpartisan. I went to get signatures to put my name on the ballot as a nonpartisan. Okay, and my only plank was the necessity for arresting global climate change, which I consider to be the paramount issue of our time. So I stood on that only. Okay, well, I got some traction, but not nearly enough. So I thought, okay, I want to get more traction for... Um, primarily that, but a few other things as well. I'd better actually file for a, um, party membership, uh, affiliate myself with a particular party, and file to run so I can be on a ballot once again to promulgate a platform that primarily stood for arresting global climate change. And I chose that to be a Republican because I thought in a Republican state I would get a lot more exposure to the necessity for arresting global climate change, along with a few other um, concerns. So I, I switched from being a, um, a nonpartisan to a Republican, and I got on the ballot in the primary election, and I, I promulgated, I broadcast um, uh, a platform which was pretty far-reaching, but, would, but which stood on the keystone of blocking further global climate change, and here's what we should do to do that. And I got some traction, but not nearly enough. So I thought, okay, um, I really want to get much more uh, publicity for my stands, uh, my positions on various things, especially the global climate change thing. So I thought, okay, since I didn't get that much as a Republican, though my, my platform did get 5,430-some votes in the primary, I'm going to go to where, I, where I'm at most home, which is in the Democratic Party, a little bit right of center. And I uh, filed as a, as a, I switched party allegiance, uh, affiliation, and I filed as a Democrat, primarily, once again, 
to uh, promulgate, uh, promote, and amplify a platform which stood primarily on the necessity for arresting global climate change and specifically stipulating what points to take, what, what we should actually do. Yeah, and and I want to I want to focus on that here in just a minute, but I I am curious just from you know, you're probably the first candidate I've spoken with who's who's changed parties like that. I'm wondering, uh, you know, like in a state like Nebraska, is it is it really difficult for Democrats to gain traction? It's like you you just mentioned something that I thought was interesting, like that you're most at home in the Democratic Party. Why, yeah. why, I mean, I know, I know for political, for, try to get elected or try to, try to uh, promote your cause, maybe um, you run as a Republican thinking maybe that gains more traction, but, but why not just, you know, kind of, if you're more at home as a Democrat, and I imagine you have been maybe for a while since this has been your issue, why not do that uh, from the get-go? And, and I mean, instead uh, you've, you know, you kind of moved around. I'm, I'm curious why that is. Oh, well, um, this is a Republican state. And if you're a Republican, people will listen to you. If you're a Democrat, people generally don't. It's, it's, this is a really deeply red state. Have you... So it's sort of like, a, it's like, like being a, a bank robber. You go where the money is. <laughs> well, great. I See, that's that's the kind of quote that helps promote the podcast right there. I'll let you know that. But, um, but no, thank yeah. you for, you know, I, I, you do seem very sincere in that. And I think... You know, I've talked to a lot of different politicians, and certainly, like like you said, you're you're like a bank robber. You you know, at the at the end of the day, you're trying to get elected, and I I can understand that. To your excuse me, there excuse me, excuse me, Justin. I not so much trying to get elected as to promote to to uh, uh, broadcast a, a platform. Mm-hmm. And, and between between you and me, and of course anybody listening now, um, one thing I if if I were to get elected. And I'm fully aiming to win in the primary, and I'm fully aiming to take on our incumbent, a, a deeply entrenched uh, Republican. If I were to win, it would be a personal catastrophe. I don't want to leave Nebraska. I don't want to go to Washington. I don't want, want to deal with those old farts in Washington, <laughs> even though I'm older than probably all of them. Uh, probably, I was just talking to one of my uh, uh, team members today. And she said, boy, the person to vote for is the person who does not want the job because that person really wants to make change. And that's exactly right. describing me. That's interesting. That's interesting. I think, see, I think, I feel like Trump was that guy. Like, I don't think he actually wanted to be president. And it just so happened that he became, against his best wishes, he became president. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to compare you in any way, Dennis, to, to Donald <laughs> Trump. <laughs> But, but I'm just saying, your your nightmare may become a reality if we're going off of recent history here. I, I just, if let me ask you, if that happened, if you if you did win, uh, would you would you would you go ahead and, and accept the victory? Would you go to Washington? Would you, um, you know, like I absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'd probably hate it, but I'd absolutely do it. <laughs> and I couldn't. I couldn't not do it, Justin. I could not not do it. Yeah. So, so let's let's focus on this because it is the it is what you it is your cause. It's the reason why you've run in in as a Republican, as an independent, now as a Democrat, which is climate change. And I understand that uh, you know that is that is a pretty 
it's a first of all, it's an extremely noble cause that you're fighting for, and I want to acknowledge that. But I also I'm curious over the years that you've been fighting for this and, and running for office, how has the narrative how has the dialogue changed? And have you do you feel like it's changed? And do you feel like we've actually made progress? Uh and and you know, how much more do we have to go? Oh, it has definitely changed. There's no two ways about that. Uh, after I ran as a nonpartisan, um, I actually had to come up with specific, explicit planks to effect um, arresting global climate change. Previously, I didn't have to do that. Okay, um, then as I, re- as I uh, stood as a Republican, um, pro- pro- I, first place I got my, my platform. I say my platform and I got 5,430-some votes. I probably would not have gotten nearly that many uh, a few years back. Um, and um, a lot of people made it real plain here in Nebraska. On Facebook, they made it plain and in person. They were voting against me because of my stand on arresting global climate change. Well, heck, uh, I, I got their attention. They were standing against me specifically on that issue. In other words, I was making an impact, and my, my, my platform was making an impact. Moreover, since then, um, I've gotten a lot of support since I uh, filed as a Democrat. I've gotten a lot of support, so far as I know anyway, uh, from various uh, parties and from various people throughout the state. And to prove the point, the person who is most deeply entrenched and most likely to win the Democratic primary election has had to incorporate planks in his platform arresting global climate change and not just referring to it as, as a problem or as an issue. He's really had to take a stand on that. Um, that's definitely progress. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm curious, who, who do you think, who is that person that is leading the charge right now in when it comes to the Democratic field in Nebraska for U.S. Senate? Okay, he's a buddy of mine named Chris. Now, I pronounce his name Janacek. Why? Because I'm Czech and he's Czech, Bohemian. Uh, he would say Janacek. Oh, that flies up my nose. <laughs> he's, a, he's a buddy of mine, and he knows it. In fact, the last time we, we, we talked at, at any length, he was leading a parade through Wilbur, Nebraska. And the parade, uh, Wilbur, it was the uh, Czech days, Wilbur, Nebraska. Wilbur, Wilbur, Nebraska is primarily a Czech town. You can use Bohemian there, and people understand you on the street. Um, and he was in this parade, and uh, he made it a, made it a point to... Uh, to show his, his being Bohemian, being a Czech. Well, if he's such a such a Czech, why can't he learn to pr- uh, to spell and pronounce his name correctly? <laughs> he doesn't even spell it correctly. <laughs> anyway, he's a buddy of mine. I love him, and he and he he, he likes me a lot. That's and that's that's one of the reasons he's made it a point to uh, really be explicit about um, combating global climate change. That's great. It's you know, like I said, this is a this is one of the more interesting interviews I've done because I. I you know, you are more of an advocate than you are anything, it, it sounds like. And uh, and that's pretty cool to see. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nebraska. You forgot we were a state, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah, we're still here. I can't believe my eyes and my ears when I listen and see These accusations this nation is spouting loudly on TV It's a hell of a lot of smoke with no fire Dear Mr. President, this is your conscience calling Why don't you just retire? Selling all off is a joke
I'm curious now. You go by then, like I, I don't know, I don't know how you denote it necessarily, but you go by the Prairie Fox. Is that right? Yeah, the, the Prairie Fox. Yeah. So, so I have a. I just want to say, and I don't know if this is in the stars or what here, Dennis, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I just want to say, like my, I live in, I live in Mississippi currently like for for who knows until whenever this pandemic ends but i'm here for a year for for my fiance and there's a i like beer okay and there is an ipa there's there's a what excuse me what i I didn't catch what you said there's a what there there's a beer here there's an ipa beer called the prairie fox and it's become one of my favorite beers it's called the prairie fox and and the slow like the logo for it uh is exactly it's obviously it's like the same looking logo as you've got so my question to you is, is A, like, why do you go by the Prairie Fox? And equally as important, uh, do you like beer? Okay, well, start out, start out with beers. I don't <laughs> dislike IPAs, but I can tell in a superior IPA when I taste one because my wife invariably drinks IPAs, and we try as many IPAs as we can. And that's how I've become a kind of sort of IPAs. I am primarily a porter, stout, and, if, and sometimes nut brown ale person. Oh, wow. Do I love them? Yes, I absolutely love them. Now, I'm, I'm just charmed by the fact that there's, a, there's a, an IPA in Mississippi called uh, the Prairie Fox. I'm just charmed by that. And the people in Britain would be charmed by that, too, because I've got uh, hanging on, on, on one of our walls this, uh, a reproduction of, um, of a sign outside of a pub. And the sign was constructed in Britain uh, in the 1700s, the, the mid-1700s, it's called a wily fox. People in Britain love foxes, and mm-hmm. they love to kill them, too, by the way, <laughs> or they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, putting that aside for, for, the, for the moment, <laughs> it's in the stars is right, because when, when I realized back in 2014 that I was going to have to stand as, 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 um, I, I, as a political person, I'm not a politician, I'm an artist, I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm, and I'm a retired air conditioning technician. And I've done many other things. When I realized back in 2014, I was going to have to do something, but I didn't want to do it politically because I'm not a politician. Anyway, one spring evening, back in 2014, I thought, oh my goodness, um, I'm going to drink this uh, this nice, um, it's called a, uh, oatmeal porter. Oatmeal porter, and it's made by Zipline. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drink this and stand on my front porch and, and just um, just muse for a while. So I, it was 2.30 in the morning. I had a bottle of Zipline in my hand. In fact, I'm looking at the bottle right now because I've been keeping it. Yeah. I went on onto my porch here in Lincoln, and I looked up at the trees, and I looked up at the sky in a beautiful neighborhood, and, and four doors down, you cross a street, and there's a park. And I, I, I've fallen in love with Nebraska. And I thought, holy cats, um, I've got to do more than just talk to talk and walk to walk. I've got to do better than that. And when I, I thought the only way I can really do this is to be a politician, which I don't want to do because I'm an artist. I don't like politics anyway. Mm-hmm. I had this bottle of Zipline in my hand. I looked up at the, at the, at the heavens and I yelled, yelled a, um, a, a cuss word which starts with an F. <laughs> oh. And I really yelled it and I thought, that's okay, it's 2.30 in the morning. No one's going to hear me. Um, I know everybody's asleep. And as I yell at it at, at, the, at the heavens, from, from right to left in my field of vision on the street, we live pretty close to the street, 
breaking into a trot with this beautiful red fox. And I know it was beautiful because of the street lights right there, and I've got good vision at night. So as I yelled at the he- yelled at the heavens, this animal broke into a trot in front of me, passed from my right to my left, and back in- in- into the night. I thought, well, how do you like that? That's and then cool. it occurred to me later on when I came in that um, uh, I was sort of, the, the resolution to become a politician uh, was sealed dramatically by this animal, this beautiful red fox. And I thought, a red fox, huh? oh, didn't uh, Francis Marion in, in the American Revolution, wasn't he called the Swamp Fox? Yes, he was. That was Francis Marion. He drove the British crazy there in, in the Carolinas. Then I thought a little further. When I was a kid, I used to have a poster of Erwin Rommel, uh, the Desert Fox. I had it on my wall. He was one of my boyhood heroes, even though he was a Nazi. But he was a Nazi who died being a hero. So, okay, there's a swamp fox, there's a desert fox. I'm the prairie fox. And that's how it began. <laughs> that is a cool, can I just say, that's a cool fucking story right there. That really <laughs> is. That's uh, that's really neat. Um, wow. Yeah, so, so, so I mean, I, it's almost weird to ask you political questions now because I, I, I think that's, a, <laughs> I, I just want to talk about beer and foxes with you. Um <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I got to ask, so what's the best thing that you've learned since running for office? To empathize. How, oh, not, I, I knew to empathize, but how hard it is to empathize with opposing viewpoints. That's, that's what I, I learned more than anything. And uh, how hard it is and how hard I have to try to be empathic mm-hmm. with opposing viewpoints. Right. And specifically with ignorance. Right, right. I imagine, and I imagine, like in in a, in, in this is in no way an offense because I think it happens on the coast as well. But it, you know, when you're when you're in a bubble, you're in a bubble, right? And that that is that just caters itself towards ignorance, right? Because you have no idea what the other the other the other side is doing. What what other people are. That was, by the way, the Prairie Fox beer in the background just dropping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my fiance is cooking, I think, but, um, but no, I, is, is campaigning now, it's gotta be different for you, right? I mean, you, we've got a global pandemic going on. I'm just wondering, like, how has it changed for you? I mean, are you doing more virtual town halls, like, um, cer- certainly like promoting mail-in voting, like what kinds of things are you doing to get the word about, get the word out? Well, uh, the, the hardest thing I've had to do and the thing I've had to do the most of is um, answer questionnaires and answer questionnaires well. Questionnaires from newspapers, from various organizations. But actually, uh, that's the hardest thing, to do the best job in the world because it's going to go into print. And I've done plenty of that, and I spent way too much time doing that. My wife, who is my, uh, my manager, she spends a great deal of time um, on Facebook, putting putting out stuff on Facebook, and boosting it, and mm. uh, making contacts uh, using um, uh, social media. Right. Uh, that's one thing we do, and we do plenty of that because I can't go campaign as I had when I was a Republican. I could go to various towns, Sam in town, and go to a newspaper office, go to a radio station or a TV station, and uh, get interviewed or not get interviewed. And I got plenty of publicity. I mean, a number of people have confronted me at the, I shouldn't say confronted me, have asked me at the gym, hey, were you on TV uh, last week? I thought I saw you on TV talking about something. Anyway, I was (laughs) able to get uh, 
to get to get um, publicity, face facial publicity, by uh, being able to campaign by going places. And some of my favorite experiences have been going to let's just say Omaha and being interviewed on, on Channel Three there, mm-hmm. uh, and another channel as well, and going to small a small town in, in central Nebraska and being invited on, on, uh, on to be on TV and to be asked questions. I can't do that. I hate not being able to do that. So on one hand, I hate not being able to, to go places. On, the, on, on another hand, yet, uh, we do a lot of uh, social media. My wife does. I do a lot of answering questionnaires and writing to people. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've got a, a team of, uh, one, two, we say three people besides my wife, even though one of them is kind of cursory, um, who are putting <laughs> me out on on, ch- on channels, uh, various uh, 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 networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm um, various TV. Um, gee, Willikers, I'm trying to come up with the word, but she she's got me a broadcast. I mean, uh, my my platform on various channels uh, throughout the state, well, throughout southeastern Nebraska and some, somewhat into the, into the west. Okay. So I've got a team, I've got a team publicizing me, and darn if I can think of it, we just call it media. Yeah. i got yeah. a media buzz. Yeah, that's And good. I never would have thought to do that before. It's costing me an arm and a leg. In fact, just this afternoon, I had to write out a check for $6,000 uh, to cover media coverage uh, with this particular, uh, uh, with Cox Channels. Mm-hmm. And and another channel, and also the Food Channel. Oh wow! Uh, and I put out quite a bit of money to 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 be covered by various channels to get the publicity. I would I'd I'd never thought to do that in the past. So you know. So that's it. That's it's it's, it's multifaceted campaigning without campaigning. Today's podcast is brought to you by the University of Nebraska. It sounds like it should be fun, but it's just. It's just not. President, this is your conscience calling. Why don't you just retire? Sell it all off as a joke. You're a liar, we know. Maybe the Russians fuck with you the way they rig the votes. Do they have a tape on you in a Moscow hotel room? Watching young girls do all the nasty shit you pay them to? It must be something because no Tell me about how would, if, if you were in office and this was your, your job um, full time, how would you take our country in the right direction when it comes to facing climate change and, and making sure that our planet is, is alive and well um, for a long time? Oh, I would introduce legislation and sponsor... I would, oh, it's ed- introduce and sponsor legislation and preferably co- have co-sponsors to implement the, uh, the planks in my platform. The first three, actually the first four, have to deal with uh, exclu- exclusive use of renewable energy. And that involves partnerships with uh, the federal government and the private sector, which has a technology. It's a matter of implementing the technology and um, converting um, public public utilities to utilizing ex- uh, exclusively renewable energy. I, and I spell out solar, but a mix is just fine. And in fact, a mix we have here in, in, in Nebraska, and at, a couple of years ago, they got it up to 48% renewable energy. It has since slid down to about 46 or 45 but make sure that I implement all the planks of my platform, but especially the ones to having to do with converting how we get and use energy. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would uh, promoting promoting the technologies and implementing them uh, 
in like in, in legislation to convert how how um, electricity is generated to convert how electricity is distributed and how it's used in most forms of transportation as well, along with ensuring that uh, in and rebuilding the infrastructure that uh, renewable energy is is applied wherever it can be, which happens to include uh, uh, not utilizing as much cement, which is um, uh, a big no-no if you're trying to cut cut back on greenhouse gases. Uh, Those issues, I mean, uh, those planks go along with, hand-in-hand, with food security, and they go hand-in-hand, food security and those planks go hand-in-hand with um, uplifting our, uh, upgrading our national security. So right. really, it's 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 an interconnected set of uh, of priorities: national security, global climate change, and citizen uh, security, which happens to include ne- uh, food security. It's like a, a it's like an old cobweb. Hmm, all, yeah. all the parts of it are inter- interconnected. Yeah, yeah. And I would so what would I do? In- introduce the the appropriate legislation. Right. Specifically regarding um, encrypting uh, software, and specifically including converting power plants to exclusive use of, of, of renewable energy, and making sure that that's involved in our uh, distribution and in our our infrastructure. I see. I see. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like you said, it's so. It seems to be so interconnected. And I imagine, you know, we started this conversation by talking about how. Uh, the topic of, of climate change has become more and more pertinent and become such a, a major topic of discussion. It's, it's become a bigger issue over and over over the years. And I imagine in your home state of Nebraska, it is a bigger deal too because you have so many farmers and, and um, so much of their livelihood depends on, on our environment. So uh, I just think what you're doing is fantastic and I admire you for for pushing your cause, putting money into your cause, and, um, you know, frankly, just having the balls to, to, to go and do it, you know? And, and I'm glad that you had that 2 a.m. epiphany. Um, oh, it's 2.30 a.m., man, 2.35. <laughs> Last question I have for you, uh, Dennis, is... So I've never... I, I, I tend to do this a lot with interviews because I like talking to people from different locations. You said that you've fallen in love with Nebraska and it sounds like you've fallen in love with Lincoln... I've heard some good things, but I've never been to Lincoln, Nebraska. Give me, give me a couple spots to check out, to hit up, when I can finally leave my apartment in, say, year 2024. Okay, well, you come to Lincoln and you want to go to the university, for one thing. And uh, it's a university with two campuses. By the way, my wife's a professor at the University of, of Nebraska, and her she has an office on West Campus, so, so-called city campus, but her main uh, source of uh, locus of activities is on the East Campus, and there's a beautiful set of cornfields right behind it, attached to the East, east Campus, and uh, 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 beautiful gardens. So you want to go to the university and see the campus, and then you proceed to Segway downtown to an area downtown called the Haymarket, and the Haymarket is uh, a bunch of uh, 19th century brick buildings which have been converted and uh, some of them are shops, some of them are restaurants, some of them are startups, and a lot of them are bars, of course. And uh, it's a, just, a, just a beautiful situation. That's where the farmer's market takes place, in, in the hay market. Of course, we don't have a farmer's market now because nobody can go out there. 
So you want to check out the university and you want to check out um, uh, the Haymarket and the downtown and some of the neighborhoods here are just incredible. Man, I was in a couple of neighborhoods just this, this past afternoon. That knocked me out. And I've been there before, and they still knock me out. <laughs> and my neighborhood knocks me out. Cool. So you want to come to uh, um, central uh, Lincoln and start heading uh, one direction or the other. And you're going to be knocked out by the stuff you see. Uh, everything's so unique. And there's so much nature blends in so beautifully, like a red fox running past my house. Now, my house was built in 1945. It's an old neighborhood, but we still have foxes. Uh, I'd step out onto my porch and see a, a little hoot owl on, on, on my rail. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be surprised by how beautifully integrated this town is with the, uh, the, the farmland all around, every direction. And one thing that really res- uh, cemented my, uh, my reservation, I mean my, my resolution, was one, one evening spring heading east out of Lincoln and going through the farmlands heading toward Iowa. And holy cats, when you see those farmlands, and you see those, this brings tears to my eyes, Justin. You see those farmlands and, and the tree lines and the farmhouses, it, uh, you got to protect it. Yeah. Come hell or high water. Absolutely. So those are things to look out for. Well, yeah, that brings tears to my eyes thinking about the farmlands that I've seen. Also the beautiful rivers, uh, this state's got more shoreline, river shoreline, than any other state in the union. And I have anything I like is rivers and creeks. I never, I never would have and thought they, that. I never would have thought that, like uh, rivers and creeks in Nebraska. I, I, I frankly, I, like I said, I've never been. I, I, I would love to to go check it out. You, you've painted quite the, quite the picture for me. Yeah, you got to see my neighborhood, man. So let me know when you're going to be in town. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think I, I think uh, I'm going to buy, I'm going to load up on some Prairie Fox IPAs, and I know you're a stout guy, but I'll at least bring those IPAs your way, and if nothing else, they can sit up on the, the mantle or something like that, you know. Maybe, maybe make, maybe make the, oh, wow. uh, the website, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would really be something. Uh, uh, yeah, by all means. Well, anyway, um, uh, oh heck, I was going to bring up something. Uh, when you brought up beer, you, you oh yeah. I, I don't know much about Mississippi, but I, I got buses there once, driving through. See, yeah, most of my adult life's been spent in, in uh, central Texas. Mm-hmm. And one time I was hustling down from uh, from up north, because my folks are from up north, and I uh, was hustling back, and I decided for some reason to go through Mississippi. Uh, I guess just to see it. And uh, if I didn't get pulled over by a, by a trooper. Right. And he said, do, do you realize you were doing 15, 20 miles over, over the speed limit? And I told him right to his face, I said, no, I didn't. I was so transit. It's so pretty here. I was looking out the pine trees. I had no idea how fast I was going. <laughs> and you know, I but he let me off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I we actually, my fiance and I met out in California, and uh, we're kind of, like I said, we we're here for a year. But I have to say, yeah. I, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely more beautiful than I thought. And uh, there's definitely... You know, you you meet a variety of people. It's not you know, the the people don't realize this. The mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, is uh, is actually like a democratic socialist, um, which I you know again uh-huh. I don't think people would would really think that. So um, there's all <laughs> all types here, and uh, I'm sure in Nebraska it's it's the same way. And um, and I have to just say, th- Dennis, thank you so much for for being on the podcast and. Uh, 
I know uh, you've got uh, all your social media up. Um, I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm looking at it right now at uh, DFT Machek. That's as in Dennis Frank uh, T Machek. Um, check him out on Twitter. Um, certainly, we'll be posting this podcast as well with a couple other candidates. And um, uh, Dennis, yeah, I will certainly let you know when I make it up to Lincoln. Hopefully, it'll be sooner than later with everything going on. But um, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. And uh, personally, personally for you, I hope you don't win. But I, I just because I know that would not make you happy personally. But uh, I do uh, think that the the cause that you're fighting for, and if you did get uh, if you did get elected, I think that would be awesome, and I think you would bring a, a lot of uh, a lot of energy, a lot of youthful energy, actually, to the uh, to the race. So thank you again for being on the podcast. It's been my pleasure, Justin, and maybe we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely, I'd I'd love to have you back. Um, in and if nothing else, just just talk a little bit more about uh, the environment and uh, definitely about beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. I can, hey, well, hello to your uh, hello to your fiance, and I'll tell my wife you said hello as well. Absolutely, please do, and uh, I'm sure that uh, I'll be in touch with you soon. Uh, certainly about this podcast, but hopefully in the future here and. Uh, Love to to get your takes uh, as we go on in 2020 with everything going on. Well, thank you, sir, and uh, have a fine evening. All right, you as well. Thanks so much, Dennis.